Let us rejoice and be glad in it. <laughs> Let us thank God for our many blessings, all of which have led us here to this day, this moment, for this time. There will never be another time just like this. For the chemistry that we create when we gather together, the unique individuals that we are, from the various roads of life that we have traveled to get here. Everyone has traveled their own unique road. Your road in your mental life, your spiritual life, and your emotional life. The roads that we have taken to get here are varied and many. And you are welcome in this space. It all led you here for this moment. Would you stand with me as we move through our mission and ethos together? If you are new here today and it is your first time to be here, I welcome you. My name is Bonnie Labak. I'm the lead pastor here. And you may feel more comfortable simply standing and listening to the mission and ethos or you might want to join in and say it along with us. House Church's mission is to connect people with God and with each other in an atmosphere of love and grace. As a faith community, we are committed to living relationally according to the values of our ethos. Married, divorced, and single here, it's one family that mingles here. Conservative and liberal here, we've all got to give a little here. Doubt and believe here, we all can receive here. LGBTQIA plus and straight here, there's no hate here. Woman, man, and trans here, Every gender, binary or non, can hear. Whatever your race here, for all of us, a place here. Rich or poor here, class differences dissolve here. Able-bodied or differently abled, you are part of the body of Christ here. Neurodivergent or neurotypical, you have the mind of Christ in here popular and accepted, or cast out and rejected, we all belong in Christ here. In imitation of the extravagant love that God has for each of us and all of us, let us live and love the best we can by putting people first and labels second. Amen. You can clap on that. And you may be seated. Good morning. My name is Heidi, and I am one of the pastors here at House Church. I am so happy to see all of you. I see new faces. I see faces we haven't seen in a while. I see faces we see quite often. And I was in the restroom earlier before we got started, and I found myself almost giddy because I was listening to all of you talk to each other and there was laughing and greeting and hugging going on and it made my heart really happy. 
So I'm happy that you're here this morning. I'm going to just kind of breeze through the announcements this morning. Um, if you have questions about how to get the church app or the church directory, ask me and I'll hook you up. If you're new today, you've never been here before and you want to fill out a welcome card, we have them on the table over here. Filling out a welcome card doesn't commit you to anything. It just gives us an opportunity to reach out and say thank you for coming. If you would like to be in the directory and you're not, fill out a welcome card and we'll get you in the directory. The directory for House Church is a really good way to stay connected, connected to each other. It also allows us to send you emails. Pastor Bonnie sends out emails usually once a week, letting you know what's going on, updating us on events or upcoming things. And it also allows us to text you as well. If um, some of you know you get a text on Saturday letting you know what service is going to be on Sunday. So Amazon smiles. How many shop Amazon? Woohoo! You would. Um, when you go to Amazon Smile, you can choose House Church Tulsa as your donation place. Even though our philosophy is buy local, yes. We understand. Sometimes bulk is important and Amazon works. HCT mugs. How many have gotten an HCT mug? They are beautiful. If you would like to purchase one, the mugs are $25. There's the website you can go to and the PayPal um, information. And you can, Teresa, raise your hand. Teresa over here, she can hook you up with a mug if you'd like one. They're beautiful. They're so sturdy and they're shiny and the logo's perfect. I love them. Walking the Bridgeless Canyon. This book study has already started. It's on Thursdays at 6.30 on Zoom. See Kelly. Kelly, raise your hand. This is Kelly Kemp, and she's leading the book group. So if you'd like to be part of that, just get in touch with Kelly. And that's it on announcements this morning. I'm going to read you something from my Circle of Grace book. This is called When We Breathe Together. We were talking this morning about the scripture where Jesus breathes on the disciples right after the crucifixion, after the resurrection, rather when we breathe together. Take a deep breath. This is the blessing we cannot speak by ourselves. This is the blessing we cannot summon by our own devices, cannot shape to our own purposes, cannot bend to our own will. This is the blessing that comes when we leave behind our aloneness when we gather together, when we turn toward one another. This is the blessing that blazes among us when we speak the words strange to our ears, when we finally listen into the chaos, when we breathe together at last. Let's pray. Father, thank you. I thank you for this gathering this morning of the beloved. Thank you for every heart in this house today. Thank you for being in the midst of us. Thank you for breathing on us this morning. Your life, your light, your love, we receive we receive all that you have for us today in all the many ways that you want to give. I pray that you would touch each one of us in the way that we need to be touched. Move in our midst 
in a way that we are aware and know your presence. Thank you for bringing us together. I thank you for the unity in this family. I thank you for the children. I thank you for the lesson they have today. I thank you for April leading them. Thank you, God, for your goodness and for your faithfulness. Thank you for never leaving us and never forsaking us. Thank you for being ever-present. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, this is our time for grace and peace. Be mindful of one another. I'm always asking, are you hugging? Are you shaking hands? So be mindful of one another. But this is your opportunity to be hospitable because we are a house of hospitality. Amen? All right, enjoy.
let you go ahead and come back in and find your seat. And go ahead and keep that up, Hank. Just keep it up. I like it up. Go ahead and have a seat. Come back on in with me and have a seat. This time I want y'all to help us do it. Lift your hands in this atmosphere. Can you turn up the music, Hank? Hey, Sean. Look at him and tell him yes. I read more of it. I'm Dude, this keeps so good. It's my first fantasy book. The victory. I'm not a fan. That we won. I love Tell him I could go on and on. If you know this song, why don't you hum it with me? All it says is grateful, grateful, because grateful. I'm grateful. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands and say, flowing Beckett's been singing this song since she was in a car seat. Beckett will be 12. I, <laughs> she's going to run away. But her mama and I would blast this song. And one day we noticed Beckett in her car seat with her hands raised like this, just going grateful, 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 grateful. <laughs> you gotta do it with me, kids. Can you turn it up, Hank? Can you guys sing with me? That's all it says. Some harmonies. Go ahead and sit down. Let's stop the talking for a minute. moment for a minute. Gratitude is the fastest way to get into the present. I love you, Jennifer. You guys here just wave your hands a little bit. Hank, can you turn it up a little bit? Why don't you stand with me? Let's just lift our hands to the Lord.
soaking into your spirit for a second. Keep your hands up. Everybody give Hank a round of applause for being a DJ back there. You guys can go ahead and be seated again. So you can tell what I'm doing is I'm flowing uh, with my DJ, Hank, because the band is still continuing to take their reset. So I appreciate you flowing with me. Um, we are going to have a children's church today, but I think we'll do that after the peace blessing. Um, and I did want to say... I did want to say that I am wearing something very special that was given to me this morning. Um, total surprise that this happened. This is a prayer shawl, and it was hand uh, crocheted for me and given to me this morning by Linda, who's back in the back here. Linda, you can wave your hand. Um, Linda and I met each other, a very sad scenario, um, her granddaughter, uh, 16 years old, tragically died in a car accident last summer, and I had the privilege of serving that family at that service, very sad, sad, sad event, and um, Linda and I connected, and uh, she showed up today and totally surprised me with this. I'm just blown away by this beautiful thing. <clears throat> she said the story actually about a prayer shawl is that it's about the person praying for you while they make it. And so I don't know how many hours it took to make this, but I got some prayers on me right here. So I am going to be cuddled up with this today um, in here. So grateful you guys are here and um, thankful that you're in the house today. It's going to be a really beautiful day. I want um, Heidi and or Amber, who whoever's next. Okay, <laughs> God bless you. Good morning. Good to have you here, Jerry. That's the best greeting I've ever gotten. Oh, it's good to have you here, Bonnie. Uh, for those of you that haven't been here, I have been writing these peace blessings for a year and a half. I don't know, I keep saying a year and a half. It's going to be two years probably pretty soon. Um, but I just started writing these during the pandemic because I needed peace and thought that others might too. Peace to all of your emotions and the ways in which they will make themselves known, like the nervous giggle, the furrowed brow, 
the radiant smile and the unseen tears. Peace to the ways in which we react when we're afraid of losing what we hold so dear. The lashing out or the drawing in, the instinct to protect ourselves from being hurt yet again. But our feelings are wonderful teachers. So gather each one about you and listen to what they have to say. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the ones who have lost friends, not to death, but to life. When you outgrew one another, or your paths diverged, or the season simply changed, or maybe you had a falling out and it could not be rebuilt in the same way. Peace to the memories you hold of friends past, and peace to those who hold memories of you. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the ones in a liminal space, the ones who are in transition, in the not yet, the crossing over, the in-between, the almost there. Behind you is familiarity like a favorite worn sweater, and ahead is the unknown, dark and mysterious. Peace in the mystery as you leave what is and discover what's next. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to the ones who were taught to live in the either-or. It's either black or it's white, it's good or it's bad, it's wrong or it's right. But now, you're dipping your toe into gray puddles and discovering that God has been there all along. Peace in all the colors you are adding to your palette one by one. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to those who have learned to hold the tension in the both and. Like, life is both beautiful and terrible, or your heart is both broken and hopeful, or that thing can be both gut-wrenchingly hard and the right thing to do. Peace in all the opposites that are not so polar after all. You are the beloved in Christ. Peace to you. I think at this time, um, children may be released to go with Miss April. And if you have super little ones that you would like to go into the nursery, they are welcome back there as well. Um, yeah. Everybody turn around and say, God bless you, children. God bless you, children. We love you. <laughs> what would you say? God bless you, April. <laughs> Everybody say, thank you, April. <laughs> and Kelly. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, yes. Mm. We are in this, in the church. Uh, Eve, would you close that door for me, hon? Just the back door. Thank you. We are in this um, space post-resurrection. I like this place. Um, it's where stuff doesn't look like the same as it used to. It, resurrected bodies somehow don't get recognized. Um, when something's made totally new, you're like, something strangely familiar about that, but totally different. Um, it's a resurrected state. It's the resurrection um, that makes all the difference. And so we're at this place in the narrative where 
um, we have uh, uh, Jesus resurrected, but he has not yet ascended. So now he is um, seen doing some crazy stuff, like blowing on disciples and um, breathing on them and making fish for breakfast on the sea and folks swimming naked out to him. I mean, all kinds of weird stuff happens in a post-resurrection body. <laughs> um, you walking through walls, walking through doors. Um, it's all in, in here, um, all these different things that have happened. And one of my favorite parts is this promise of the Holy Spirit. Jesus had been with his community in the flesh and had ministered to them with meals and teaching. It really changed their life. I mean, Simon Peter and, and James and everybody, Andrew, Matthew, all of them, changed forever. All the Marys changed forever. And when he died, they really thought that was the end. I mean, this was not, they were not looking in the rearview mirror uh, like we are, knowing that death is not the end of the story. And that if it's not better yet, it's not the end. So they weren't looking at that. They were sitting by the tomb weeping. They were done. They went back to their lives as, as they knew it. The disappointment in that um, resonates with me. They thought this was really going to be different this time. And their beloved dies. We then celebrated <laughs> Easter and the resurrection. We know that um, in our tradition, if there is no resurrection, there is no story. That's just, we, we put all of our hope on a resurrection. We put all of our hope on a victory over death. We believe that. And now, we're in this space of what now? So he becomes elusive, and like I mentioned, you know, he's walking through walls, he's making breakfast, he's um, Thomas. We have the Thomas story where Thomas comes, the doubting Thomas, as we call him. And he, he's like, unless I see, unless I see the Lord and I touch him and put my hands, I will not believe. And so we see that whole interaction. And we see that the Lord does bless the doubt. I love that. I love that. It's like, it's okay. Yeah. Blessed are you. And blessed are those who have believed and not seen. And blessed are you. I love this non-duality, Jesus. I love this resurrection that can hold it. That can truly hold the contradiction. So I have a video that I want to play to set up, we do have that video, right? I have a video that I want to play to set up this spirit era, this giving of the spirit, this promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, this woman that you're gonna see on film is a beloved um, 
scholar and minister and reverend. Um, I ha don't know much about her. I haven't read a lot from her, but I think you're going to like her style. I think you're going to like how she responds to the questions. And then we're going to dive a little deeper into what happened in that upper room that day as the disciples, the friends of Jesus, waited for the promised coming of the Spirit. And how does that impact us today? And what does that mean? I want to share some things from my heart with you um, after this video. God bless you. Oh, the spirit, breathtaking. I've seen it in so many contexts, but in the upper room, um, during Pentecost, it comes down as fire. I mean, spirit is also part of who we are because we have fire shut up in our bones. Okay, so the fire shut up in our bones recognizes the fire that descends upon them and the spirit lands on the women and the men in that room and they're never the same again. And you know they're never the same again because Jesus is gone. And the smart thing to do at that point is to disperse into the village, say nothing more, mind your business and tend your own garden. But each of them takes the radical path towards sacrifice and ultimately many of them death because what they've seen, what they've been imbued with has released the fire within them and it cannot be quenched by anything other than obedience to God. What's that fire it's, it's a passion that whatever gift you've been given that you are to disperse throughout this earth it brings joy to the giving. So I can't not write. I can't, I can't, I couldn't stop writing if my life depended on it. When I stop for practical reasons, it keeps writing in my brain. So there is a fire, a passion that's given to me about writing that maybe other people don't have, but they have another kind of passion. absolutely everyone because of that divine spark what do you think divine spark is it's fire fire shut up in our bones it it's like the um the flame on kennedy's grave it's always lit not necessarily at a high high level but it's there all you need to do is turn toward it accept that gift that you were given You can't put out God's divine spark. That's impossible. You can cover it up with a lot of stuff. You can um, allow suffering that is normal in this life to dim it. You can let a lot of things cover it up, dim it, make it inaccessible to your everyday life. Or you can stop. You can still go to work, make, take care of your kids, cook dinner, but know that it's there and say, I am willing to be set completely on fire for your sake. 
and I will take the gift I've been given on fire into the world. say yes to that I say yes to that <laughs> I say yes to that reading from Acts 1 about this experience Acts 1 is starting in verse 1 the former account I made O Theophilus to that of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive. Everybody say alive. He presented himself what? Alive. <laughs> after his suffering. I say yes to that trajectory. Alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Verse 4, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and the end of the earth. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who also, said to, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you, have saw, him go, as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, where, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip, and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, the zealot, and Judas, the son of James, they all continued in prayer with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Notice everybody who was there. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of the names were about 120. I'll give you a picture about of what 120 is. Last week, we had 122 in here. That's about what it felt like. I like that. I like that number, 120. Moving on. When the day of Pentecost, all the way there to Acts 2.1, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all there in one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, 
and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. House, sitting, filled. Then there appeared to them tongues as of fire, as of fire. And they, one sat upon each of them. Everybody got, everybody got the Holy Spirit. Sydney, Sydney, I know Sydney's been waiting for this generation to get filled up, fired up, and prayed up, and all the things. Sydney waits. Sydney waits in the wings, like bidding all of the children to come, like, come on. Come on with your Shandai. Come on with it. That's an inside joke for my tongue talkers in here. One sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. So the miracle of both speaking and hearing. And it's not necessarily that they were speaking in their own language, but everyone heard, heard the marvelous, wonderful acts of God being communicated in a way that they could understood, they could understand. There were all kinds of people there, and they all began to say, how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia and Pyrigia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya and adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome. And I mean, you get the point, there was from everywhere. It was like everywhere, from everybody. Everybody's here and everybody's hearing it. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others mocking said, they're full of new wine. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. <laughs> I love that. This is that which was spoken, which was prophesied. This is history in the making. This is a moment to pay attention to. This, you sitting here, you hearing this sound, you being gathered in this place. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And what did the prophet Joel say? And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke, and the sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, and it shall come to pass. 
that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is that. This is that by the prophet Joel. This is for you. This spirit pouring out on all flesh is for you. This is that. It didn't just happen one time in an upper room with 120 of those folks from everywhere and around. This is happening over and over again. That's the narrative. That's the story, is that our whole narrative is around births and dyings and resurrections. It's a death, life, death cycle. That's the narrative. So you're somewhere in that cycle, being resurrected, being poured out upon, being, and you've got to know where your this is that. <laughs> this must be that, that said, I'm going through a valley of the shadow of death, but I will fear no evil, for you are with me. <laughs> you know, this is that. Then over there, Paul now, the interesting story, you might not know some of you guys that are familiar with your Bibles, all of the epistles were written before the Gospels, like in chronology. So all of these epistles, right? I mean, you think about when you're reading the New Testament, like, okay, the Gospels go first, and then all the epistles were written, but that's really not how it went. The epistles were written first. Paul was writing first, even before there was a Gospel pen. And anyway, Paul writing to the Corinthians, he had this revelation of the Spirit and of power given to him by God. He says, Paul's saying to this church at Corinth, he says, I determined to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You can turn that because I'm going to come out here. Thank you. In the spirit and of power, that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. So Paul is, every time you hear Paul preaching and speaking, he's wanting to um, light their fire. It's more than a philosophical speech about what is animos and animos and whatever and what is flesh and where is spirit and where do I start and what was Aristotle saying and what was Plato saying and how does the philosophy of the day matter to you? He wanted to give them an experience of power, something that transcended the mental building blocks of what does life mean. You know, over and over again, he was, he was encouraging the people that he was talking to, like, don't just be cheated by the empty philosophies of men. Because we've all been fascinated by philosophies. Lovely debates around the dinner table around philosophies. But it doesn't empower, impact, or infiltrate, or imbue, or fill, or change, or transform, or make you feel okay in the middle of the night when you're all alone and insomnia has gotten you again. Nothing fills or flames or fans or fulfills like the Spirit. Paul knew this. Paul had that experience with God. And so he said, when I'm with you, when I'm among you, I desire to give you something of my Spirit, something I've experienced. Brene Brown said, you don't know a thing until it, it gets into your muscle, until you know it with your bones and your muscle. You don't know it until you see a resurrected body, until you see something rise up, until something changes, until something is transformed. 
I mean, we don't just get together to just talk about these sweet little stories and hope that we remember the cool nuances of the stories and remember when they were... He said, when I'm with you, I, I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of the day, but in the power of God. Now listen to this. However... We speak wisdom among those who are mature, not of the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age, nor who are coming to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. The hidden wisdom, which God put there before the ages for our glory. Not hidden from you, but hidden for you. But as it is written, and whenever they're doing that, they're, talk, they're hearkening back to the, the prophecies of old, I has not seen. Have you heard this? Do you remember this? Have you heard this spoken somewhere? Usually you hear it preached. Would you just oblige me and let me preach it? I has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God. And then everybody goes, God. Can you do that? No. Hey, that's right. The things which God has prepared for those who love him. <laughs> Somebody say yes. <laughs> I love my church every day. I love you guys surprise me. You'll do this, but you won't do four-part harmony with me the other day. You do all this, though. <laughs> but God... Okay, so you get through all that. So it's eye has not seen and ear has not heard nor has entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared for the blood. But God. See, because we're on the other side of this. See, because the prophets were prophesying something that was coming that was new. It was new that had never been seen before. For God is doing something. Behold, Isaiah said, I am doing a new thing. Even now it is springing forth. You see, behold, and all of these prophecies as we see it, because we're looking at the lenses of Jesus' lenses. All my seminary and educated folks understand me. I know that those prophecies, to them, we're not talking about the Jesus that we're talking about. But to us, with our Jesus' lenses on, we're hearkening back and looking back and going, okay, wait, 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 wait. Was this the new thing that was being prophesied by all those prophets of old? There's coming a day where you will not say to one to another, Know the Lord, but every man shall know him for himself. That the Spirit would be poured out upon all flesh. That everybody would prophesy. That everybody would see dreams and visions. That they would no longer have to go to a certain place in a certain space to hear from God. But instead, <laughs> everyone had a synagogue living on the inside of them. I mean, this is what's a radical thing. It's like, oh, wait, you don't have to go to synagogue. You are synagogue. Wait, you don't have to go up to the temple. You are the temple. Wait. Oh, wait. Oh, every time you breathe. <gasps> a spirit of grace, spirit of truth, leading you into all truth, changing your life forever. I, know I no longer have to go to this place or that place. That's what that woman was saying. You know, are you saying that we're now going to worship in spirit and in truth? That we don't have to go to this well or that mountain or that place? Yeah, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Yeah, of course, of course. Still happening. 
So verse 10 of uh, 1 Corinthians 2.10. But God has revealed it to us through his spirit. Revealed what? The new thing. The thing that before I had not seen, ear had not heard, nor had entered into the heart of man like they couldn't even conceive of being a new creation in Christ Jesus because there was none of that. Well, now this God has revealed that to us by what? By his spirit. Now listen where the spirit is. For the spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man or woman, what human, knows the things of a human except for the spirit of the human which is inside? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So it's like, yeah, we have the spirit. I have the spirit who is from God. What are you laughing about? <laughs> you laughing makes me want to laugh. The spirit who is from God, that we might know the things which have been freely given to us by God. What am I saying? That you can know the things that God has freely deposited into your spirit. You can know your purpose. You can know your destiny. Whatever age you are today in this house, you can know your purpose and destiny for what is next. You have been given the spirit who is from God. So why? So that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And now here's what's cool. These things we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual so these things we speak, these things we speak when? When we speak to one another, as another place said, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in our heart to the Lord. We are a spirit-filled church that does have a power that's accessible within us. It happens, the mystery of it happens in community. It happens as we share with one another, exhorting one another building one another up in the faith. It happens as we remind one another that you're not alone, that you have a peace that has been bequeathed to you on the inside. These things we speak. This scripture first uh, like became clear to me about 25 years ago. I was a young, I wasn't born yet, actually. Um, no, just kidding. Sorry. <laughs> young, <laughs> In my mother's womb, I, <laughs> um, I was uh, living in Modesto, California. I was a, a pastor's wife. I was married to my husband, um, Shenandoah Ova Childers was his name. 
Shenandoah. Everybody say Shenandoah. Like the valley. Okay. And he was the associate pastor, and I was the pastor's wife. And I was teaching a series of meetings about the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and what, how the Spirit's effervescent work in our life, moved, how we moved and lived and have our being in the Spirit, how to pray, how to walk, how to live in the Spirit. I guess it's time. It's time. Am I done? <laughs> time what? <laughs> time, time for work. Okay. I, don't, I hope you don't have to leave before communion. Oh, it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> These were the days before, com like, I had a, a home computer. I didn't have a home computer at that time. And, uh, I mean, it was about 1999, I guess. We still had our blue Nokia phones in those days. I mean, those were still the, yeah, little text message but I've kept my notes, my handwritten notes from those sermons that I preached in those days. I kept those notes and I got them out yesterday. Are the children coming back already? I hope not. <laughs> I hope they're not coming back yet. I don't have to, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for them. I call these, these scriptures inheritance scriptures there are scriptures that become part of the very fabric of your being they're a moment in time where God makes an indelible impression upon the heart you have those moments those times something that has gotten you through a really hard time when I first saw this scripture that the Spirit wanted to lift the Spirit's self off the pages for me and become a demonstration and a power in my life. I was hooked. I was hooked before that. I mean, I was a crazy teenager in love with God. But I was really hooked on this scripture because I could see that the thing that things that I thought were hidden from me were not hidden from me, but hidden for me and even hidden within me. And all I had to do was tap into the Spirit of God within me and bring forth and speak forth those things that the Spirit of God had already deposited within me. It was in those days that I began to pray from my place in Christ instead of to my place in Christ. It was in those days that I began to see myself together seated with God, together seated in Christ, so that when I would pray, and when I remember today to do this, when I would pray, I'm not praying as if I'm begging God way out there to do something for me way down here, but rather I'm getting with God on the inside, and I'm speaking from my spirit, because God has deposited these things into our spirits, and they're there for your blessing. They're there for your glory. They're there for your life. I used to teach it this way. Your spirit is like a deep well. It's like a deep well full of spirit water. What's spirit water? Peace, love, joy, contentment, direction, clarity, 
a wisdom, a knowing, an ability to find meaning in life, this meaning, this feeling. And the scripture says that you've got this wealth deep inside. It's right here, in here, all in here, in the mind. But a person of understanding will draw it out. So like a well, you have to have a bucket to go down and draw up the stuff. So have the well, but you never draw on it. What good does it do? It doesn't feed the family. It doesn't wash the children. It doesn't cook the food. It doesn't clean the body. It just sits there. So you've got it, but you've got to place a draw on it. And I teach it this way for years, and she, she knows this way I'm looking at. It. Your mouth is the bucket. That's how you draw from the wells of salvation on the inside of you. It's the bucket. So your mouth is the bucket. But remember how we just read, these things we speak. Not with the words which man's wisdom teaches, but with the Holy Spirit teaches. Talking about spiritual things with spiritual truths. Comparing spiritual words with spiritual things. It's not found in the philosophies of men. It's found inside of you. You have within you all the well of salvation that Jesus, when Jesus blew, when Jesus blew, somebody told me today that when, when you actually breathe on somebody, your DNA is going into their skin. That kind of f***ed me out and was exciting all at the same time. I mean, whoa, okay. We are really one. We are really one together. So a person of understanding or the person who knows where the well is will draw it out. Well, how do you do that? We speak. Speaking to one another. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail. The Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. You have everything you need on the inside of you. You are complete in Christ. You are more than enough. Your weakness is made perfect in his strength. The grace is sufficient for you. You can move through this. You have a grace structure. You do have the spirit of God on the inside. You do know where you're going. You do know what step to take. You do know the plans that God has for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. You do know, you do have what it takes. You get together with people who can remind you of who you are in Christ, and that well starts to stir up and splash out, and the joy of the Lord begins to bubble up. Man, it is a sad and sorry life without the joy and the love of the Lord. When your heart has grown cold and grown dim, or you don't have that, that, ugh, that joy, Things have become so hard and so depressing. I, uh, so that, that scripture first came off the pages to me, and I, like I told you, I hand-wrote all my notes in those days on binder paper, three-hole punch <laughs> binder paper, and I've kept them all these years, and I have them in a file because I'm uber-organized like that. And I pulled out the file yesterday, and I went through all those notes. 
I was really smart as a 21-year-old. I was so confident. <laughs> I knew the answers. How about you? You look back, it's like, oh, I knew. <laughs> and now you're looking back going, how did I know that? How? <laughs> wow, <laughs> I wish I had that kind of confidence now. I sensed in my heart that I wanted to do something with you. I want to have a little bit of a prayer and testimony part of this service. I was wondering if you would jump in with me, that we could have a little bit of prayer time together, but also that we could maybe build one another up and encourage one another with a word, a story, a short exhortation, that we might just have one of those, I mean, I'm encouraged right now watching that baby. <laughs> I love his green onesie. Is that a one? That's so cute. A little track. Um, I was wondering if we could kind of relax a little bit in here we're going to have communion in a moment. We'll do our, our lighting of the candles. We'll do all of our interactive worship. But I was just curious if we could get kind of family for a minute. Can we just get kind of, you know, people that don't want to participate, you don't have to. But I was wondering if we could share what God might be doing in your life or what you feel like is next for you, like what your own Holy Spirit is sharing with you. Hey, thank you. Save me from my long introduction to this. God bless you.
That's all? That's all you got, Jerry? Come on now. <laughs> Give a big warm, warm hand, Jerry. I see you, I hear you, and I love you, and I love you. You <laughs> need some water. So I, I was wanting this to be, yes, some more just some family time, just to share from the heart. I have this idea that when we share from our souls and our heart, we actually are dipping, we're, we're tipping the, the, the soul of our the, like the wine chalice forward to, to water somebody else, to give nourishment to somebody else. Anybody else have something they would like to share? It does not have to be as long or as intricate as that. It could be, be something short. Jerry, thank you so much. And you know what? I, I just have to say, there's room in the house for diversity of belief systems. We don't have to believe alike to love alike. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right? And that's, so, that's vulnerability. And I see you. I hear you. I love you. And I really appreciate that vulnerability. If, if to the degree we can get super honest with each other in this house, we might actually see some, uh, some of the stuff we haven't experienced. Beautiful, and we need each other to do that, to, get, to carry each other through. One of the most beautiful things you can do for someone is be the midwife of someone's soul, someone's birthing of, the, of what's inside of them because you have, you have the goods. Somebody else. Yeah, yes, yes, sweetheart.
Did you say you were a messy evangelical or Miss Evangelical? Who else was, who was Miss and Mr. Evangelical? Come on, everybody in the house, okay. Anybody have anything else they want to say? <laughs> Whoa! Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh. Uh, who else? And, if someone could share with the children that we're about, uh, you know, five minutes, give them five minutes. Oh, okay. Okay, cool. D did you tell the whole class or just Carmen? Okay, good. Because <laughs> she wants them to help all clean up and stuff. Okay, good. Yeah, cool. Thank you. Anybody else? This is your chance to let your soul be seen by your family. Yes, Chris.
we love you, and you can say what you want. Yeah, and we love you, and we see you. Yeah. Anybody else need to say something? Just to kind of seal it up for your own self, like you'd kick yourself if you didn't? Go ahead, Nikki. We do welcome you. We see you, we hear you, and we love you. We love you, and we're glad you're here. Children are coming in? Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're going to have the kids come in so we can do communion together, and um, so we can do our interactive times of worship. And my, I just want to give you one more second. It, the kids will come in, so you're going to get interrupted. But anybody else need to say anything? Yes, ma'am, go ahead.
beautiful, yes. Yes. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Yeah, beautiful. Come on in, kids, children, children. We're going to prepare ourselves for communion. Hank, if you would play the first part of the piano's parts, I think it's, it's what we're going to have. Uh, and just play it, put it on low. And would you guys like to stand with me? I love family time. I love um, hearing from everybody. And I think we need to do more of that to kind of help us to see who we are, you know, and really get the connection that we want. Eight years ago when I was first um, thinking, or more than eight years ago when I was first wanting to start the church, I did a lot of interviews with people about why they did or did not go to the church. And one of the major reasons that I came across over and over again is I don't go to a church because I... I go there wanting connection and I leave there not getting connection and I leave there feeling worse than I did when I showed up. God, I don't want that. I don't want that for us. <laughs> I want us to feel connected. I want us to somebody to see us and feel us. I want kids to be respectful in the space, please. I love that you're here and that your presence is here. Is April in the house yet? Okay, good. Um, interactive worship just simply means that you can go over to the cross and light a candle, say a prayer you can go over to the journaling table grab a, a journal paper if something stood out to you today and you just want to keep track of it you can write that, put your name on the envelope and put it back in the box and whenever you want to over the next year you can go back and pick it up and see what you wrote yourself today write yourself a note in the future the rocks go into the water. That's just a sign of putting a burden down. Maybe you're going to lay something down today, a belief that you have that you need to put into the, into the rock water as a symbol of community. And then when you're done with over there or if you want to stay in here, you can come up and get communion. We have gluten-free and the regular bread and prepackaged communion if you would prefer. I do want you to take it and take it back to your seat and hold on to it. We'll, we'll take it all together. So don't take it while you're up here, but take it back to your seat. We'll take it together. If you want to worship with your giving, if giving money helps you feel more connected to a space, I know it does for me, you can give over here. You can also give on the app. It's important that we used to say when we first started, you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. We all need to give and participate and have some skin in the game. It helps. I want this ministry to go on for Years in legacy, I want all of the kids that we're raising up in here, I want to know who the next pastor is. I look at every one of these kids and wonder. <laughs> I just wonder. I just wonder about every one of them. I'm like, who is it? Who is it? We're building a legacy and building a dream. Also, Linda, are you able to stand? You're good. If, uh, if you need some prayer, if you need someone to pray for you during this time, um, Linda has agreed with me beforehand to stand over to the side. And if you want uh, this mother in the faith to pray with you and agree with you about something, see her. She'll be standing over here at some point. And even after the service, she'll do the same. 
So if you don't get in during this worship time, you can see her afterward. God bless you as you come.